Hey everybody and welcome to the 5 Bytes Podcast. I'm your host, Rory Monahan. The podcast is brought to you by Liquidware, creators of FlexApp, the most feature-rich application layering product on the market. Check out whatmatrix.com for a full feature breakdown of all application layering products. And also by Goliath Technologies, who help IT pros be proactive and anticipate, troubleshoot, and prevent end-user experience issues regardless of where IT workloads our users are located. And now this week's news. VMworld Europe took place this week in Barcelona, and there were several big announcements. I won't cover them all in this episode, but here are some of my highlights. Andrew Morgan posted a lengthy article about Citrix virtual apps and desktops on AWS with VMware Cloud. This was in step with the announcement that this platform is now Citrix ready. I believe the majority of Citrix customers today run their on-premises environments on VMware vSphere. With Citrix support for VMware Cloud on AWS, this now provides a more like-for-like Citrix infrastructure management experience for those using vSphere today. No learning curve really involved at all. For those who use Citrix virtual apps and desktops on VMware Cloud on AWS. In fact, a customer can deploy Netscaler VPX appliances to VMware Cloud on AWS, allowing you to deploy external connectivity or load balancing as you would on-premises, extend to cloud, or even fail to cloud by leveraging the Netscaler native GSLB capabilities. It sounds awesome. Not just that, the most surprising announcement for me is support for Citrix provisioning services, making this the only cloud platform that supports PVS and yes, any DHCP, Pixie, TFTP configuration can be configured and managed natively by customers. As a Citrix customer, this is pretty exciting. It gives more options for our future. It's also great to see VMware and Citrix working together like this. There was some dirt flinging between the two on social media recently. Personally, I prefer working together than being combative. So this is great for customers. During VMworld, VMware announced general availability of Horizon 7 and app volumes on VMware Cloud on AWS with the upcoming releases of Horizon version 7.7 and app volumes 2.15. With user environment manager support already available going back to September. All of this together means Horizon 7 on VMware Cloud on AWS is pretty close to parity with Horizon 7 on-premises. Unified visibility, health monitoring, and help desk services delivered from the Horizon Cloud services for Horizon 7 deployments for both on-premises and VMware Cloud on AWS was also announced. This means Horizon Cloud service and Horizon 7 are now in lockstep. You can leverage a single pane of glass for a management and monitoring dashboard for all of your Horizon 7 sites globally. And specifically for Horizon 7 on VMware Cloud on AWS, VMware will soon be previewing the automated installation of the Horizon 7 infrastructure. You'll need the Horizon subscription license to get these new features. This week, VMware also announced the acquisition of Heptio, a Seattle-based startup who helps companies get up and running with Kubernetes. GeekWire reports that although the figure paid has not been released, it could be significantly more than $250 million. Heptio was founded by two of the creators of Kubernetes. What Heptio will really offer is a ubiquitous, cloud-agnostic, enterprise-grade Kubernetes offering to organizations interested in working in the cloud. Heptio will be folded into VMware rather than operating as a standalone company. This is an interesting development. VMware started their container journey a couple of years ago with Photon and have been embracing Kubernetes for some time too. 
With so much buzz around Kubernetes and VMware making so many moves along with AWS and data center and cloud, this move makes a lot of sense. Also announced this week was VMware Cloud Foundation version 3.5. The latest release includes support of NSXT and VMware PKS and allows even greater deployment flexibility and choice of hardware and topologies and has deeper integration with composable systems like HPE Synergy. If you're not familiar with Cloud Foundation, it's said to simplify the hybrid cloud by delivering a single integrated solution that is easy to operate thanks to built-in automated lifecycle management. With this new release, Cloud Foundation can now be used for a wider variety of use cases. For more news from VMworld Europe, check out VMware's blog. In other news, several SSDs with hardware encryption appear to have a major security vulnerability. Some vendors push hardware-level encryption as more secure than software-level encryption, but in a paper published by Professor Alan Woodward from the University of Surrey, he demonstrates that this level of encryption can be circumvented for complete data recovery. Right away when the news came out, there was a panic for those using BitLocker, as BitLocker can leverage hardware-level encryption. However, there are several different forms of encryption possible, so don't panic. Just check it for yourself. If you do use BitLocker today in your environment, run the command manage-bde space-status space whatever drive, so for example c colon. This will return some information and it should display encryption method. If it doesn't say hardware, you should be okay. If it does say hardware, what this could mean remains to be seen. Unfortunately by its nature, if there is a fix provided by these vendors, it could be a tough one to roll out. AWS this week announced that AWS Directory Service for Microsoft Active Directory and Amazon Relational Database Service, or RDS, are now available in the Citrix Ready Marketplace. This is very interesting. When running Citrix virtual apps and desktops with AWS, you no longer require to run a SQL Server instance. You can use Amazon RDS instead. Also with the directory services, you have everything you need on that front too. With this and the earlier story around running on VMware Cloud, it's good news. Customers don't have to move to Azure for Citrix if they want to move to a cloud. So if for some reason you're in an organization that refuses to embrace Azure, whether it be due to existing partnerships, other service compatibility, or any other number of reasons, this is good news for you. Recently, Microsoft added a new containerization feature for Windows Defender. You can run Windows Defender in a sandbox. That way, if something is detected, it's kept in that sandbox and theoretically is safer for the underlying OS. According to a report by bleepingcomputer.com via info provided by DDA Stevens, a bug has been discovered. It may appear that the feature is enabled for you, but it may not really be enabled. A system environment variable is required upon installation. A reboot is required, but in some cases, if a user opts to shut down rather than reboot, it can get into a state in which it looks enabled, but it really isn't, as the environment variable does not get set if the user opted to shut down. In addition to this, if you modify that environment variable at all, anytime you do this, you'll need to restart the machine. Pureinfo.com has provided a how-to guide on ensuring the sandbox feature is enabled properly. I'll provide links for this episode, which is episode 45. Just check under reference links on 5bytespodcast.com or see it in the YouTube description. This week, FSLogix released version 2.9.5 with many new fixes. Check that out on their community portal. 
AMD have announced the availability of multiple AMD EPYC processor-powered instances on Amazon EC2 instances. Microsoft have released a version of SysInternal ProcDump tool for Linux. It would be cool if more and more of the tools are made available for Linux like Process Explorer and Monitor. Previously, Microsoft notified Office 365 users as part of their digest that they would start sending tips to users on how to get the most out of the product suite. As ZDNet reported, Reddit got a hold of this and it appears this is now being walked back due to outcry. Kudos to Microsoft for paying heed. Sticking with Microsoft, The Verge reported that Microsoft will be adding a to-do feature in Word. Many users put in notes for themselves to go back and add an image or link or something later on. This is where a to-do will come in handy. I know I do this myself, so it sounds useful to me. Testing is actually going to be available for Mac users first, and it's available right now, and Windows users will be able to test in the next few weeks. If testing is successful, Office 365 users can expect this feature in the future. And finally, congratulations to a great Irish company, ThinScale, for coming in 15th in Deloitte's Fast 50 of Ireland, which is the 50 fastest growing technology companies in the country. Congrats to Remco and my buddy Andrew Morgan, and also Andrew, congrats on the new arrival. And now for this episode's hot job. Power On Platforms is looking for a principal consultant. This is a broad role providing technical pre-sales and consulting services across the modern workplace specialism. The role is field-based from the UK with a pay range of 55 to 75,000 pounds. The job will feature about 50% technical work and prowess and the other 50% will feature organization skills and business savvy. So as you might expect for a principal consultant, it's a nice mix of business leadership, and technical skills. To succeed in this role, the right candidate will need a consultative approach and strong presentation skills, expert knowledge of Windows 10 enterprise deployment and management within an enterprise environment, expert knowledge of Microsoft 365, proven success in IT services, strong relationship building and business acumen skills with experience of presenting at C-level, and more. If you're interested, Please email your cover letter and CV to hr at poweronplatforms.com. And now for this episode, scripts, tricks, and tips. This week's could really cover tricks and tips, I think. Adam Cross had posted a nice short introduction to using Procmon to figure out where an application is storing application settings and data. For listeners who are seasoned at troubleshooting applications, it may not be of too much interest, but if you, say, manage a Citrix farm or maybe a VDI, but don't know the app side very well, this could be very useful for you to sharpen your skills. Also, if you'd like a more advanced example of using Procmon and some of the other SysInternals tools with a real-world application issue, check out this great video from Microsoft's Steve Thomas demoing just that. Even if you are a Procmon expert and pro, if you watch this, you may learn a different methodology. I know when I first saw it a couple years ago, I changed my approach based on what Steve showed. As always, you guys, thank you so much for listening.